Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Welcome to episode 59 of the Craft to Career podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Chapel of Quilters Candy. This week I have a guest who is actually an employee of mine but I did not find her the traditional way, which actually I don't know what that would look like. I found her through Instagram, through collaborations, friendship, and knowing that she was organized and she reached out to me and said, I, I'm looking for, for this or that to let me know if you need help. And a few weeks later, I was like, goodness, I, I do need help. Let me reach out to this person. So this week, I'm excited to have Victoria of the Midlife Quilter. Victoria is a super talented fabric combination maker, if that's even a thing. She is a fabric shop owner and she has such an eye. She is a rather young business and had a lot of success up front. And she has some really great ideas for marketing moving forward. So I'm excited to have Victoria on the show. Also, if you are a follower of Quilters Candy, you know that I have a course once a year that opens up on how to write and sell quilt patterns. I'm very excited to announce that I have released a free mini course that teaches you how to use Canva, which is a free platform, free software, easy to use and learn software. And I will share with you for free how to use Canva to create your very own quilt patterns. So the link is in the show notes for that if you are interested in taking the free mini course. So I'm really excited to be offering that to my listeners. And with that, let's jump in and let me introduce you to Victoria of the Midlife Quilter. Welcome, Victoria of the Midlife Quilter. I am super excited to have you here on the podcast. You have been a friend of mine for... I don't know, probably like a year now. Is that right? Yeah, I would say about a year. Yeah. So Victoria, she is a super talented and has a really good eye. Uh, She's a fabric shop owner and quilter. And Victoria, I'd love for you to kind of tell us your history. I know it, but our listeners might not, of how you got into quilting and your background even before that. Sure. Um, Well, so I started quilting when I was 40, hence the midlife quilter name that I chose for my Instagram handle. Uh, It was the fulfillment of a lifelong dream. My entire life, I've always wanted to learn how to sew, but I didn't have anyone to teach me. And when I turned 40, uh, I was looking back and I thought, you know, what's something I've always wanted to do? And sewing was it. Like I wanted to learn how to sew on a machine. So I went on Amazon, ordered a machine, ordered a book. Uh, It was the School of Sewing. And I just worked my way through all those projects. And the very final project of that book is a quilt. And that was where I started. And it was, I just became obsessed. Like you hear that so often with quilters. They're like, oh yeah, I did it. And I was hooked. And that was completely me too. Uh, Prior to that, um, my degree is actually in art history, but I spent most of my career doing human resources. And then Um, My son was born and when he was about two, I thought, you know, I don't want to miss anymore. I want to stay home with him. And that was also about the same time that I needed something to do at home. And I thought sewing and 
the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. And you had a pretty, well, okay, a couple things. I want to be sure to touch on the art history thing. So remind me of that. But um, you -hmm. had a pretty unique entrance into the world of opening a quilt shop. So how did you decide to open a fabric shop rather than like, I don't know, making something with your sewing machine to sell? Well, I actually did start with uh, an Etsy shop that I opened in, I believe it was in March of 2020. And that's when the pandemic hit. (laughs) And, And I started selling, I was just doing what, you know, when that happened, everyone who could learn to sew or who knew how to sew started making masks, right? And that yeah. was primarily what I was selling in my shop was I was selling masks and I would do some zipper bags and things like that. And then I actually connected with Sharon Holland. She put out a tester pattern tester call and I responded, but I'm like, there's no way. Like it was one of those like dream things where she was somebody who I just really admired, but I'm thinking to myself, you know, I make, bags and masks on Etsy. I have like 60 Instagram followers <laughs> that are mostly friends and family. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> but I thought, you know what? It's like that saying goes, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And I decided to go ahead and put my work out there and, you know, or actually to apply for it. And then, you know, I would say about three or four weeks later, I get an email that I've been accepted as a tester. And that was so exciting to me. And then with her, you know, with her mentorship, I just got more and more confident. You know, she was like, you've got a great style, just keep following your instincts. And she helped me let go of some of that fear, because there's always that fear. And I thought, okay, I'm just, I trust her, I'm going to do it. And then by about August of 2020, I thought, you know, what I really love is the fabrics. Um, I love pulling fabrics. I I love color. And uh, she encouraged me. She was like, yeah, I think you could do it. So I did it. And by September, 2020, that's when I opened the midlife culture online shop. Okay. So first of all, we need to touch on, and Sharon's actually going to be a guest in a couple of weeks, um, which I'm excited to dig more into this with her, but to be a pattern tester and to be a pattern tester for her, it's not like anyone else. Can you tell us what it was like on your end to be a pattern tester for Sharon? Yeah. So, you know, it was sending in the email and I know that she looked at all of our feeds, you know, she wanted to make sure that we had a style that, um, you know, really, I don't think it necessarily needed to match her style, but we needed to have a definitive style. Uh, and she was really big on seeing engagement. Uh, she wanted to be sure that we were engaging, that we could promote others. And when we first joined her pattern testing group, she was really big on, you know, I want you being supportive of each other and I'm going to support you. And that was really huge because, you know, I didn't know anyone when I first started quilting. I didn't have friends who quilted or anything like that. So she was really how I got to know the community. And it's a community that I've fallen in love with. And I was in love with it even before I knew Sharon, but I definitely, my network grew a lot more once I knew her. Yeah. And she, tell me if I'm right, but 
generally in my world, what I see when someone has a pattern tester, they will, um, they will just say, okay, here's the one. And then that's it. But for Sharon, it's like, it's a commitment and she wants people who can Mm -hmm. do this for a period of time. But she also, like you mentioned, mentors. I mean, she will teach Adobe lessons. She will talk to you about photography. She really, it's almost like having a course that she will tailor to what you want. Is, is that what it was like on your end? It was, yes, absolutely. She's, one of the most genuinely giving, caring, nice people you will ever meet. And she did. She, uh, she, when she put out the pattern testing call, it was that it was going to be like a year-long engagement. And so we knew this was going to be our group. We were expected to support each other. And along the way, she's there to help us. So if we need help with you know, Instagram, or if we have questions on photography or questions on patterns, she's always there to help. And it's really amazing. Like, it feels so blessed and fortunate that I became part of this group. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, she really is. So I'm glad I'm really glad you got to do that. And that was pivotal in you starting this fabric shop. Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, I don't know if I would have done it without having been part of a group, because it was, it's so easy to doubt yourself. So to have somebody kind of of her caliber, like cheering you on and saying like, yeah, you can do this. Like here, you know, here's some tips. I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, I'm doing it. (laughs) I'm going to strike while the iron is hot. (laughs) (laughs) And it worked out like your shop, you've grown so much in such a short amount of time. So, but a couple things, I mean, Sharon obviously picked you out from a crowd because you do have an eye. And I don't know if you were drawn to art history because you have an eye or if you have an eye because you studied art history, you know, the chicken or the egg scenario. The chicken or the egg, right. you do have an eye. (laughs) Thank you. But yeah. I I I love it. How do you pick out fabrics? Like just, oh, I think this would look good together. Or do you use color theory or like how do you decide on fabrics? You know, it's really funny because it is, it is very intuitive. Um, but you know, my art history training does definitely help, you know, understanding the, uh, rules, you know, like what colors do normally naturally go together, but I feel that there's also an extra layer of it. Like, I don't think it's just color theory because different color combinations also give different moods. Uh, it's easy to say, yeah, blue and green go together, but what shades of blue and green are you going to use? Because it can either be really bold and modern if you do like a navy with like a Kelly green, or you can do a soft, you know, a soft blue with a very sagey green. And that's a very different look. So I do go a lot based on mood and feeling. And I I love palettes that are very soft and relaxing because uh, life can be so chaotic mm-hmm. that it's nice to have a quilt that just feels cozy and like, oh, I'm just going to like wrap myself up in this. And it's my little moment of Zen for the day. Absolutely. Well, and it's funny as you were describing those two different colors, I was like, oh, you are definitely the soft blue and the sage green, which our aesthetics go really well together. I feel like we have complementary looks. So everything you do, I'm like, oh, that's lovely. Oh, uh, yeah, that's my style too. I like that a lot. 
Well, I know, I know one of my favorite kits ever was the, you know, the ones I've done for you too. You know, I, you, your patterns are just great because your patterns have sort of a scrappiness to them and those soft colors just play so well with that. I do like a scrappy quilt. Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> I know, right? If you don't, get out of here. No, just kidding. <laughs> so um, I saw recently, I think you sent out an email or announced it on Instagram that you're now carrying, is it Rifle Paper Company? Or you're car- you always have carried art gallery fabrics, but now you're carrying mm-hmm. some something new. Is that right? I do have, um, I opened an account with Moda. So that introduced Ruby Star Society. That's what it was. And those colors tend to be a little punchier. Yep. You know, they be, they're be they a little bit bolder and brighter, but I love them, you know, and I know that it's not my typical aesthetic, but I really, you know, there is a time and place for those brighter colors and I love it because they can make, they can make a quilt look so fun and it's nice to have some of those vivid colors in there. Agreed. And in fact, I'm working on a sampler now for my membership that has a Ruby Star Society fabrics in it. And it is a little different, but I do like, I don't know why somehow they do a good job of picking out colors that just speak to me, you know? Yeah, I I agree. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. So how is it as a shop owner opening these different accounts? How how difficult is it if someone's like, oh, I'm kind of interested in doing that? What, What has your experience been? It's not hard at all. Um, the only tricky part can be the investment. You know, there's a lot of upfront investment with fabric shops, but most most vendors will have an online application, or they'll at least have an email address that you can send a request to. And all you really need is the right paperwork. You know, you need a tax ID number to prove. You know, you, you sometimes need to send in your sales tax certificate for your state. But once you do that, the process is pretty simple, but every vendor has different requirements and it can be some companies require a first time order of as little as $500. And for some, it's 2000 as an initial order. And some of them also have follow-up requirements that, okay, your first order needs to be this amount, but then subsequent orders need to be at least this amount as well. And you have to spend so much in a year or they will close the account. So it's just kind of the juggling, you know, because it's really, I I know so many people can relate to this, but you know how it is. You want to buy all the fabrics. Well, with a fabric shop owner, it's like a hundred times worse (laughs) because you want to carry everything you, but you can't because, you know, unless you, unless you're willing to, you know, take out loans or something, it's, it's a little hard to, to manage all of that inventory. Mm -hmm. Well, and I've been impressed when we chatted, I don't know, a year ago or so, you're very organized with your inventory because I think, was it you, you were saying it can be tricky if you sell on multiple platforms or even just knowing how much you have, you know, if you're listing yardage, Mm -hmm. you don't want someone to go and buy four yards and then you have to contact them and say, oh, sorry, I only have half a yard of that left or, you know, so how do you keep up with that? Well, um, you know, it does happen. I mean, every, with every fabric shop, there's, it's going to happen from t- one time to another. I try to keep it to a minimum, but I generally tend to, I try to do an inventory, a physical inventory at least once every four to six weeks. And beyond that, I just try to be really, really careful about making sure, because the tricky part is when you have a 15 yard bolt of fabric 
but you've used three yards for bundles and remembering to take out those three yards, Uh, (laughs) you think, Oh, I won't forget. Uh, and then you do, or you do, or you do a custom bundle for somebody and use a fabric and then don't, you know, it's, so it's this constant updating of inventory. So I try to be careful and I usually give myself like a, a one or two yard leeway when I add the inventory in smart, just to catch any of those mistakes. Um, but, and then I'll go back in and add it later once I'm like at remnant stage, Mm -hmm. but it is, it's, it's a, I mean, sometimes I think, geez, I, I could probably hire somebody just to do inventory. Right. (laughs) Totally. Well, and then I'm curious if you've ever, have you ever bought fabric that hasn't sold well and what do you do? Do you just sit on that or do you like find creative ways to sell it? The one thing I'm 100% committed to is not building a bundle just to use a fabric that didn't sell. Okay. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good practice <laughs> or if it's the most profitable <laughs> thing to do, but I take my commitment to my customers very seriously. Uh, if it's not something I would buy, I'm not going to sell it and I if I purchased a fabric that didn't, you know, that just didn't sell well, I generally find that over time, um, you know, trends change and eventually you can find something to, to use it in. Um, like I'll find a good quilt pattern and I'll use it in that because every fabric is beautiful, but it's just, it has to be the right project. Yeah. And sometimes people, um, cannot envision that fabric in a project you know, from a, from, you know, from a little swatch on a computer screen. Right. So I think it's really helpful to make samples so people can see that fabric and and sometimes they'll just rediscover it. I've had fabrics that have sat here for, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks. And I'm like, why is no one buying this? It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then I'll find the right project for it and put it in there. And everybody's like, what is this fabric? It's gorgeous. And I'm like, it's this one and it's for sale. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, I know I haven't sold a ton of product, but there, because it scares me to buy all that up front, you know, but I do know back when I've done some bundles, there are some that haven't sold well. And I'm like, oh darn, I took the wrong gamble on this, you know, and it's hard to know ahead of time if something's going to sell well or not. So I, kudos to you for that. You never know. I know it's kind of, it's like writing a pattern. You're like, I think this one will be great. Yeah. Oh, huh. And then one I've written somewhere I'm like, okay. And people love it. I'm like, oh, well, I'll be, you know, so you never know. It, it's the same. It's the same way with fabrics. There's some that I'm like, oh, this is, this is gorgeous. This is not, not going to have any problem selling. And then it just kind of sit, it just sells slower. Mm-hmm. And then there's some things that I'm like, well, I really like it, but let's see. And it sells like hotcakes. So it's, it's a gamble. Yep. And that's why I, I try to be very true to my own style because I figure if people are shopping in my shop, they probably like my style. And I have been very intentional about the fabrics that I pick for my shop. And I don't buy just, you know, like a really big fabric shop can afford to purchase every collection that comes out. Mm-hmm. I cannot do that. So I have to be very intentional. And I always think to my, I I never purchase a fabric without having a project in my head as to how I I would use it if I was buying it for myself. Yeah. Well, and I do feel like 
that's probably one of the reasons you've been successful is because you, first of all, you have, you have a look, you have a niche, um, and you're true to that. And it's very recognizable. Like I can look at a photo and say, oh yeah, that's definitely midlife quilter, you know, and that's, that's huge for success. Um, but I also kind of want to pivot the conversation a little bit. You have shared with me a really cool marketing idea and, and your approach to it is very much like, I would love other people to be able to do this too, which I love that attitude. It's very Sharon Holland-esque, if you will. (laughs) But uh, yeah, do you want to share more about that idea? Yes. So I have put together a program that I uh, put out on Instagram for applications and I I got a really good amount of applications. I'm really excited about it. But I'm looking for sample makers for my shop. Because as I mentioned, I don't purchase fabrics without an idea of how to use them, but I am one person. Um, there is no behind the scenes team here. It is me. I do, I do everything here from marketing to cutting the fabrics. And I just don't have the time to make everything I, I have ideas for. And I thought to myself, you know, wouldn't it be great to have people who can help me with this? but also create an, a new opportunity for them because not everybody is ready to launch a business. But I know a lot of people really want to be engaged in a bigger way with the quilt community. So I think this was, I thought to myself, they can help me, I can help them and we can create samples to showcase these fabrics. And with my program, I know I will provide the fabrics and the patterns. They will make the product. Um, they'll send it back to me for photography because honestly, that's one of my favorite parts and I don't want to miss out on yeah. that. And then I'll send it back to them and they get to keep it. So it's a great little perk for them, especially if they have an Etsy shop or something and they need to be making things anyway. Now they're getting some free fabric. And I really do hope that other, I know that larger Brick and mortar stores will sometimes have programs like this. I don't know of anyone doing it that's at my scale, but I really hope others will follow suit because it's a great way to engage with makers and just network. You know, I mean, I always get excited about the collaboration part of things, and I love the opportunity to meet makers and help them and pay it forward because I have a really profound gratitude to this community for how it's embraced me. And often so many of the decisions I make, it's with the idea of how can I give this back? How can I pay this forward to the, to another maker that is like me, you know? Absolutely. Well, and it's just such a genius idea as far as collaboration is huge for success. And so to be able to team up with someone who has a pattern they want to make, doesn't necessarily want to buy all the fabric. And then especially even if it's someone who sells the finished quilt or, you know, that they can use that as income for them to, to sell that. Um, and then the, uh, from a marketing standpoint, like having the two people share about this kit, like that's really great for you. And then for you to share about this person so that their following is growing and they're benefiting. I just love when it's a mutually beneficial, like a win-win type of a situation. Absolutely. And when I thought of the idea, that was one of my goals is I wanted it to be beneficial to them because it's definitely beneficial to me, you know, and my shop. 
and my time to not have to be making these all these projects myself. And I really wanted to be sure that it would be beneficial to them as well. Yeah, I love that. And I really love too, when you were telling me about this, you're like, I hope it's something that other people do. And that I just love that idea of not the idea of scarcity, but more that here's a great idea and everyone can run with this. Like this is something that everyone could do. Every shop owner can benefit from this. Every maker can benefit from this. And like a rising tide lifts all boats that everyone benefits from, from this idea, you know? Yeah. That's a great phrase. And I, I love that because it's true. You want to help others and I want to create the opportunities for others that I would want for myself. And that is like, that's my real passion with being a business owner is help helping other people succeed in their dreams as well. I love it. And so then pivoting again, I would love to hear your thoughts on how you are a mom. You've got kids, I think one that you're homeschooling this year. You can mm-hmm. talk more about that. <laughs> but how are you juggling a business? And the listeners might not know this, but you helped me with my business behind the scenes a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And you're you're doing the mom thing, like, and your wife, all these things. How, how do you juggle it all? Do you have tips on this? Well, I think every woman is a huge multitasker by nature. Um, like you said, we're moms, we're wives, we're daughters, we're sisters, and all of those roles are equally important to us. And there's not one that's more than the other. And you throw a business in as well. And now you've had a whole other layer of, of, things to take your time up. I try to be very intentional. There's, I take one day a week where I do nothing business related. Um, it's my one day of a break. I, I don't usually post on Instagram. I, I might still look on Instagram cause it's fun, but you right, know, right. I don't put pressure on myself. Um, I think it's really important to protect yourself from getting burned out. It's, it's too easy to do. So, um, I have priorities. Um, I wrote down things that I, I want to get accomplished in a week. And it's something as simple as once a week, I like to bake cupcakes with my son because <laughs> he loves to bake. And so once a week I do that. And that makes me feel like I'm a, a little bit on track. Nice. We get that quality time and you just have to be really intentional with it. And you have to be intentional about all of it. And it can be really hard to prioritize. And there are some days when I thought, oh, I was going to get to bake the cupcakes on Wednesday. And you know what? A pattern is releasing and I have to get something ready. And you just have to be willing to show yourself some grace as well. Absolutely. Uh, Because things are constantly changing. And if you're going to sit there and beat yourself up over it, you're not going to be enjoying it. And if you're not enjoying it, then in my opinion, you shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. it. It should be something that enhances your life, not something that drags you down. Absolutely. And I do really love, I mean, someone was asking me the other day, you must just be so busy every day, every moment. I was like, no, I would not like my life if that's how I lived. I absolutely am not. Like I make sure there's times for naps and watching a show on Netflix and like, I don't, I feel like sometimes we glorify or 
put a badge of honor on this busyness and hustle, like, ooh, hustle, hustle. No way, man. That's like a fast ticket to crazy land. Like, I don't want to live like that, you know? So, well, and, okay, you are doing homeschool with your son. Do you want to share a little bit how, what happened there and how that came to be? Yeah. So my, um, my son is six years old and he had started kindergarten this year and he started school and it was not a great experience. Uh, we very quickly realized something bigger was going on. And so met with his pediatrician, got him evaluated. And it turned out that, um, he was diagnosed with ADHD and being on the autism spectrum. Uh, It's the diagnosis that was formerly known as Asperger's, but now they call it level one ADHD. So uh, just due to the fact that I could be home with him and he was having a lot of anxiety going to school, which was leading to behavioral issues, we decided to go ahead and homeschool him because it was something I had been toying with anyway, but the diagnosis sort of sealed the deal. So yeah, he stays home with me. I never thought I would be a homeschool teacher. Like if you'd asked me 10 years ago, I would have been like, absolutely not. (laughs) I can't imagine teaching a child how to read and write. (laughs) But um, here I am, right? (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's it's very miraculous in other ways to see, you know, I'm really glad I get to share those experiences with him to see that little light bulb turn on and and see the excitement he has for learning. So I feel very privileged that I'm able to do that and that my life is set up to do that. Yeah. So I'm very grateful for that. Well, and I love that, like you said, that you're able to help because it is a privilege. That's not a reality for some people, but thankfully you're able to, in a position to be able to help him. And And I also like to let the listeners know that when you look at your Instagram account, when you see your shop and you hear, oh, she's had success, it's very easy for people to like, well, but she's a stay-at-home mom or, you know, she doesn't need the income or you have your own set of hard things that are going on behind the scenes that the average person might not know about that, that still you're able to make things work and approach it with an attitude of, I can do this, I can get this done. And how have, how have you kept a good attitude? I mean, I'm sure there's days where you're like, not a good attitude, because we're human, right? But like, (laughs) oh, Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I know there is a a phrase I heard on TV show once, like, uh, I'm not necessarily happy all day, every day, but I'm happy every day. And that's, I like that. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, we have our moments, there's moments when, you know, my technology is not working or something, and I'm ready to like chuck it out the window. But, um, you know, or just, I've overcommitted because, you know, we, we, I do that from time to time. Yeah. But overall, you know, I'm a really big believer in gratitude, because, um, you know, Growing up wasn't easy for me either. Um, you know, I, I think it's easy to look at an Instagram feed and be like, oh, like charmed life. These, you know, these these people have charmed lives. And there's always a lot more to the story uh, behind the scenes. And the negative experiences I had growing up have only made me more grateful for what I have now. And I try to be very present in that. Um, because 
I do remember the days when, you know, my family didn't have any money or we were, you know, we actually had a short period of homelessness for a while when I was a child. And, um, you know, thankfully we never had to live on the streets, but we were being bounced around from relative to relative. And now when I look around and I think, gosh, like I've, I have a, a wonderful family, you know, I, I started a business, all these things that I never dreamt I would do. I'm just extremely grateful for it. And I try to remind myself of that on those days when things are not going exactly the way I want. Oh, okay. I did not know that about your growing up. I mean, that's how, what is the word I'm looking for? Motivating, inspiring that, I don't know, despite or because of hard things, good things can happen. So I, I mean, I have a therapist. She was on one of the earlier podcast episodes, right? When I first started and sometimes I'll chat with her about things from my childhood or growing up. And, and I have come to really appreciate that those things actually have shaped who I am and that if they hadn't happened, I would not be who I am today. And actually I thought it was really beautiful even just a minute ago when you were like, I'm just, I feel really grateful that I'm able to stay home with my son. I mean, I didn't even think of it that way, but like how beautiful to be able to look at the blessing in that rather than like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've got to do this, you know, but like, wow, I am so grateful that I'm able to do that and that I am in a position where I can do that. And I just think it's a really healthy practice to, to look at the good in our lives and see even or because of, or whatever, you know, in the hard times to be able to see those good things. It takes a lot of practice, you know, and I, I once wrote something on Instagram and I said, I, I feel so grateful to be so needed by so many people. And it was, you know, it, it's my truth. I, I do feel grateful. Is it, is it overwhelming? Yeah. As a women, we get it. Like we know, like it's hard when you have to juggle so many responsibilities, but when you think of the alternative of not having all those little hands all over you or mama, mama, and this and that, like, I don't want to imagine the alternative, you know, I'm grateful for what I have, even in moments when I'm like, okay, I don't want to talk about Minecraft anymore, or I don't want to talk about <laughs> Paw Patrol anymore. I try to remind myself, like, do you know, it's easy to it's, it's okay to be overwhelmed, and it's okay to feel frustrated. But at some point during the day, try to also be grateful. Yes. Oh, and I remember in one of my courses, I don't even know how it came up. The My inbox, my email inbox situation came up and, um, and I remember it being embarrassed and overwhelmed and like frustrated with the amount of email in my inbox. And one of the students was like, that's such a cool thing that you have that many people trying to email you. They, like your business is at a point where that's an issue. And I was like, whoa, what a different way to look at that. Like everything, no matter what, no matter how annoying it is, there is a way to look at it in a positive light and to think in somehow this is a blessing. Like this actually is a good thing if you can look at it in some way and it takes work. And sometimes it does take an outside eye to kind of like, Hey, think about blah, blah, blah. You're like, oh, well, I'll be, yes, <laughs> there is a good thing there, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's very easy to forget that there's somebody who wants what you have. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy that when you're in the midst of it to get overwhelmed and frustrated and be like, oh my gosh, like 
this is, this is awful. You know, I mean, I'm right there with you on the inbox thing. Cause my own inbox <laughs> oh my <God>. or my <laughs> tax. So I'm like, Oh geez, how could I have like 40 unread tax? How did that happen? But, um, yeah, I actually had a, um, a business coach tell me, she was like, don't ever forget somebody else wants what you have. So be grateful for it. And, you know, she was absolutely right. Yeah, it's true. And even like, I mean, I'm, I'm undiagnosed, but fairly confident I've got some sort of ADHD inattentive, right? Yeah. So Same it's, here. Very Same here. <laughs> <laughs> it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. And sometimes I feel like I can focus on the limitations. However, there are some great creative and like drives where I am all in and focused and get stuff done at a rate that I don't know that I could if I didn't. And so again, the double-edged sword with every good thing, with every bad thing comes a good thing. Every good thing comes, you know, you've got to have the Mm -hmm. both. And so just to embrace the good that you have. Right. Yeah. I, it's, um, I think a lot of creative people have ADHD to be honest, because I think that's where a lot of the creativity stems from is your mind sort of racing at all times, coming up with new ideas and original ideas. Uh, But the downside is that it's super easy to get distracted. Um, You know, I'm not diagnosed either, but my husband, when my son was diagnosed, we started learning more about the condition. And my husband's like, yeah, I think he might get it from you. (laughs) Like, you might be right. (laughs) I I can't tell you how many meals I burned because I – start something I'll put something in the oven and I'll walk away and get completely distracted and I'll come back and I'll like, Oh gosh, you guys like the pizza's burned yep. now. We're going to have to order out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, even like for our listeners tonight, let's be honest. I texted you and was like, are we supposed to be on the call right now? Like 22 minutes ago. You're like, Nope, not for another half hour. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> like, I mean, come on, Elizabeth, get yourself together, you know, but like, it's just, you know, it, it, you just got to embrace it and like <laughs> figure out, figure out how to function the best you can. So, yeah, no, it, it's so hard to keep track of so many things. Right. And I think we all like to have a lot of irons in the fire because it's what drives us. It's, it's the exciting part to have all these things going on, but then the catch 22 is how do you keep track of them all? <laughs> right. I know. Well, and the people who are super organized or like the engineer type brains, we've got to have them all. We've got to have it all. My husband likes to ask if there was a world full of just one of us, you know, like if the whole world was all Brad or all Elizabeth, I'm like, it would be a very fun, beautiful world with no technology. Like there is no mathematics that would be going on in this world. Right. (laughs) So we need all types and you know, we all have strengths and weaknesses that balance each other out. Oh, absolutely. Um, Well, Victoria, thank you for being here and for opening up and sharing so much about your life and your business for our listeners. If they want to find you, where can they find you? Well, I'm on Instagram and my handle is at midlife underscore quilter. Uh, you can also email me via my website, which is www.midlifequilter.shop. And that's where you can also shop all the pretty fabrics. And if there's a listener who's like, that maker situation sounds really cool. Are you taking applications for that still? Or how does that look? Right now I have closed applications, um, but I am happy to accept them for the next round because I'm hoping to reevaluate in about six months. And if the program is successful, I might be adding more people. Awesome. Okay. So keep your eyes peeled for that. 
if you're a listener and that's something of interest for you. So thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure as always. And I just keep doing what you're doing. You're putting beautiful things out into the world. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Victoria, thank you so much for coming to chat and to be on the podcast. What a amazing conversation. And thank you for opening up and being vulnerable and sharing about your past. You are just such a great person. And I love the way that your your mind works with business. And I really am grateful for some of the organizational skills you have, which is why I hire you. But you are just a lovely person, both inside and out. Thank you for, for just being vulnerable and sharing sharing all that you did. If you don't follow Victoria, you should go and take a look at her Instagram account. She is on Instagram at midlife underscore quilter. You can see the beautiful bundles that she's putting together and watch for her new business idea, which is awesome. Thank you for being here. And I'm really excited to share the episode that I will be releasing next Friday. It is just me, myself, and I, and I get pretty personal about my latest fabric collection that's coming out. I share my journey. I want to document that and share what that looks like so that I don't forget. It's something that just got announced. And so I just wanted to to share about that. And I talk a bit about the book that I just released as well. And so I just wanted to kind of remove the curtain and share that process with you. So next Friday, that episode will be coming out. If you want to be sure to be notified when that comes out, if you're enjoying the podcast, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the places that that share podcasts. And if you are enjoying the podcast, I would really love for you to leave a review to share how this has helped you with your business, your creative business. The reviews help the podcast to be seen by other people, by other entrepreneurs and business owners. And it helps me know what is resonating with you listeners, what you are enjoying, which episodes are really helpful to you so I can create more like that and bring on more guests like that. And I also like to hear what questions you have. So be sure to reach out, leave a review, and subscribe so you do not miss an episode. We will see you back here next Friday. Have a wonderful week.